Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Hey, what's up? This is Nolan from Past Gas by Donut Media. We are the world's number one automotive podcast, and this week it's part two of our series on Nissan, our conclusion of the Nissan story. We're talking about all the iconic Nissan sports cars in this episode. I'm talking Z car. How'd that even come to be? It turns out the guy responsible for it developed it in secret and then had to act surprised when the engineers showed it off for the rest of the company leadership. Very funny. Uh, and then, of course, Skyline GTR, Datsun 510. A little car called Godzilla. They're all in this episode. Check it out wherever you get your podcasts. It's part two of Nissan by Past Gas by Donut Media. Listen today. Twenty years before the launch of YouTube, tuning shops partnered with tuner magazines and illegal street racers in Japan to produce one of the most legendary viral car videos in history. The video would go on to cement careers, create massive media franchises, and ultimately resulted in an entirely new motorsport. And it was all done with one of the most unlikely cars anyone could have imagined at the time, the Toyota Corolla. The AE86 Corolla was not what anyone would think of as a desirable sports car. Slow, cheap, and basically a commuter car used for delivering food rather than delivering wins. So how could a car with 128 horsepower, 110 foot-pounds of torque, and a 0-60 to time of 8.5 seconds go on to be one of the most iconic and desired cars in the world? It's all thanks to a single name. Keiichi Tsuchiya. Today on Past Gas, who is the Drift King? How did drifting go from legitimate track technique to illegal underground activity and back to legitimate motorsport? And how did a small series of VHS tapes go on to change the automotive world forever? This is Past Gas on Keiichi Tsuchiya and Plesby, the viral car video that inspired a generation. Do you guys hear that? What? Do you hear Fat Nick on the roof? Oh, Fat oh. Nick. Oh, so we're recording this. This is the second last thing that we are making before we take a break for the holidays. Yes. And I think, yeah, I do. Yeah. I hear the jingle jangle, jingle jangle of big Fat Nick spells. And the surprisingly dense clomps on the yeah. roof. Yeah. Clack, clack, clack. Yeah. Clack, clack, clack. Here's Fat Nick. <laughs> yeah. Here's Fat Nick. He's got his dogs. He's pulled, They're pulling his chair. He's coming around. <laughs> big Fat Nick. Oh, shit. He dropped something down the chimney. Oh, <laughs> what is this? see what it is whoa, whoa. it's a, another a disc dude you got another a, disc to chuck that's from santa a discraft zone that's from thank santa you. tommy santa tommy thank you tommy hell yeah i've been we wanting just, this we for did a, while. a secret santa with discs yeah and i'm not gonna be able to disc. make it on. yeah okay yeah. so this is slowly becoming a disc golf yeah podcast, <laughs> sorry i don't want to like uh, <laughs> against my will because i don't play disc golf because i don't like activities yeah you should come out with us sometime james it's i fun. don't like activities this one's got hearts. You on. know what I like doing? Eating dinner. <laughs> That's an activity. That's the only thing I like doing. So if you if you're my friend and you want to hang out with me, let's get dinner. Well, how about you ever this? Eat dinner we for breakfast. I eat dinner with you. 
Yeah. We usually get you and your gal, a me and my big gal. lunch dinner. or dinner after playing. So uh, yeah. Maybe I'll meet up with you yeah. guys. <laughs> Today we are discussing the Drift King himself, Kaichi. Kichi. 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 We've talked about this guy a lot. He comes up uh, in a lot of stories. Yeah. He's like a very um, Lee Iacocca, Carol yeah. Shelby. Super influential. Uh, a uh, guy who just is sort of involved in a lot of automotive history. He was a technical director on Initial D. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a relatively confirmed rumor that uh, Takume was based on uh, yeah. CTG. Except he didn't. He used to deliver uh, car parts in his dad's car, but it wasn't Tofu. Mm. Tofu is like more likable. And it, you get a little jiggle. Like he did, mm. he, uh, there's some story is probably pop up in this, but of him driving with like a cup of water or something mm. and not trying to spill it and be super smooth. Yeah. I mean, that's in the, that's in the show, the first episode. Yeah. yeah. Um, if you go into the depths of YouTube and, uh, watch a lot of like Japanese drifting videos, you probably have seen Mr. Suchia in his signature green jumpsuit. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's the guy. He's also we talked about him in the Fast and Furious episode. He was a little had a little cameo. That's right. He was the fisherman in yeah. uh, Tokyo Drift. That's right. So very influential guy. Um, yeah, basically, some might say he invented drifting. Some might say he helped popularize it. Of course, like really took it into the helped bring it into the mainstream. Um, as we'll get into the origins of drifting uh, in this episode, it's pretty interesting. Um, I'm excited to talk about this guy. It's been a while since we talked about Japan on the show. Yeah, you the fans demanded it. The fans, yes. So the JDM episodes do really well. We hear you loud and clear. We'll do some more in 2023. All right. Hey, yeah. Sorry, I got to introduce the show. My name is Nolan Sykes. I'm joined by my co-hosts. We got Joe Weber across What's from me. What's up? Uh, monumental week. Uh, Wink Wink Nation signed a, a treaty with the state of Minneapolis. Minnesota. Minnesota. Oh, sorry, sorry, no. sorry. It was not in the wow, talks. Dude. <laughs> I was not in the talks. I just signed off on it. But uh, we, yeah. Thanks for your time. Decree. We, we all, we've also Wisconsin and Minnesota have shaken hands over this. Uh, also joining us is James Pomfrey. Hello, I love James. all fifty, baby. I love all, all 50. fifty. Nice. I think- That's really mean of you to Puerto Rico. Okay, I love all, <laughs> all 50, 50 plus. plus the territory. Yeah. Shouts to Guam. Yes. Shouts to PR. Yes. I've wow, been you to Puerto didn't Rico, mention dude. American Samoa at all, so it's pretty crazy. I wasn't done. <laughs> uh, I made an entire video on our YouTube channel. Uh, if you want to see it, check it out on American Samoa. <laughs> I'm also not sure how any of those places feel about our presence there. So if you guys aren't down with us, then like I'm still I'm still down with you. You know what I mean? Like I don't like imperial. I'm not. I don't imperialism. Not my thing. Colonization. I don't do it. Yeah. So if you don't, if you if you guys don't rock with us, then. <laughs> We can, yeah, you can still rock with me, and I rock with you. So, well said, nice. well said. Yeah. <laughs> Very succinct. <laughs> <laughs> all right, uh, yeah. So let's let's talk about some drifting here. All right, yeah. We like drifting. We built two drift cars. Mm-hmm. Let's do three, it. three now. Yeah. All right. So drifting is so intrinsically linked to Japanese car culture that it's hard to imagine its roots being anywhere else. But if we peer past the 1980s, we can find evidence of drifting as early. As the 1930s, guys. The 30s in the you Depression. You remember the 30s? Yes. Hello, my honey. Hello, my baby. <laughs> Back then, race cars, even those from top-end manufacturers like Alfa Romeo, Ferrari, and Mercedes-Benz, simply didn't have a lot of horsepower. Even legendary cars like the Alfa Romeo P3, the first single-seat Grand Prix race car, sported a supercharged three-liter inline eight-cylinder engine that could barely crack 200. Though, at the time, I'll argue that's, that that's was good. a lot. But compared to today, not a lot. So in order to maintain speed through the turns on the track, drivers would often allow their cars to slide, which kept their speed up without braking and wasting precious seconds, albeit at the cost of tires. Those tires sucked back then. That was also part of the problem, I think. Yeah, they were using uh, uh, bias ply tires. Bias ply didn't have a lot of... uh, Yeah, the rubber compounds weren't super soft. Yeah. All that stuff. That's what I meant to say. Yeah. 
It has been argued by Enzo Ferrari himself that the inventor of the four-wheel slide cornering technique was Tazio Nuvolari, a motorcycle racer turned auto racing champion who Ferdinand Porsche described as the greatest driver of the past, present, and the future. Never heard of him. Not kidding. We've talked about, <laughs> we've talked, we've mentioned Nuvolari before. And if compliments from two automotive titans like the founders of Ferrari and Porsche aren't enough to impress, let's take a look at Tazio's legacy of wins. He uh, had 24 Grand Prix victories, Damn. five. Cappuccinos, two Milamiglias. I love cappuccino. Yeah, I had about five cappuccinos. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm freaking out, and I got diarrhea. <laughs> he also won two Targa Florios, two RAC Tourist Trophies, one Le Mans 24-hour race, and a European Championship in Grand Prix racing. This guy did a lot. Yeah. I mean, just imagine, like, even if you just think about the hours spent in races that he won, mm -hmm. that's way more than you guys have hucked discs. <laughs> that's true. And that's not even there, taking dude. into account the races that he lost, mm -hmm. too, because yeah. you lose more races than you win. Yeah. So you guys, I want to see you hucking more in 2023. Okay. I, I mean, I'm, that's a goal of mine as well. I just broke my PR. I got a plus one stroke for twenty four holes at Oak Grove. That's pretty pretty damn impressive. Disc golf has twenty four holes. This <laughs> one in particular does. Why? Because it's at a huge ass park. Okay, keep going. <laughs> it's safe to say that Tazio Nuvolari knew what he was doing, but more importantly, he pioneered the technique that formed the foundation of what has become drifting. In 1935, Tazio penetrated deep into the heartland of the rising Nazi empire and used this technique to defeat the Germans at the German Grand Prix at the Nürburgring, despite facing far superior cars like the Mercedes-Benz W25B and the Auto Union Type B. Both cars that we know very well. Mm -hmm. James, you have two of each. Actually. I have two of each, yeah. If anyone's yeah, interested, like ten in, million dollar car. Yeah. Uh, while Tazio's P3 was bored out to over three liters, specifically for this race, the Germans were sporting four and five liter, eight and sixteen cylinder engines, respectively. But it was Tazio's fearless approach and sliding style that propelled him to victory despite the power deficit, a feat that would leave a crowd of three hundred thousand Germans, including high ranking members of the Nazi Party, stunned. Yeah, I am stunned. Ah, ich bin stunned. <laughs> it was such a novel approach to cornering that it was considered something of a trade secret. Even Enzo wanted to figure out why his driver was capable of these things that everyone else said was impossible. Back in a practice run for the 1931 Circuito del Trip Provence, Enzo observed and later described the technique, quote, At the first corner. I was certain that Tatsio had taken it badly and that we were going to end up in a ditch. We were going to lose. <laughs> I braced myself for the shock. Instead, we found ourselves at the beginning of a straight with the car pointing down it at the second bend. And again at the third, the same thing happened. At the fourth or fifth, I began to understand how he managed it. I discovered he's a secret. Nuvolari went into the bend in an unusual way, with the throttle wide open. He put the car into a controlled four-wheel skid. He was a gonna win. <laughs> <laughs> Sound familiar? That same tech... <laughs> That same technique would be used and perfected by the likes of Sterling Moss in the 50s, Roger Clark in the 60s, and finally by the man who inspired the Drift King himself, Kunimitsu Takahashi. It's terrifying going into a turn full throttle. We've been driving on racetracks way more than we ever did before, mm -hmm. and I think I've said it a bunch of times on the podcast because this is the only time I'm allowed to be myself. <laughs> but I started filming videos sitting on a stool in a hallway. And now, being brave is part of my job. <laughs> and if I'm not brave, it's potentially career limiting. And I don't know how that happened. <laughs> um, I found a little clip here of uh, a Grand Prix race at Monza uh, with two, uh, Tazio. And you can in this one clip in particular, two cars, two German cars, 
go around uh, a bend here, quite slow looking. And then behind them comes Mr. Nuvolari in question. His rear end is sliding all over the place. It's not like a drift like we know today with like just smoking tires yeah. and everything, but it's oversteer. It's like it's a power slide. Tires actually have more grip when they're sliding a little bit. I'm not sure how it works, but that's like, is that like a technical thing? Or that's is that like yeah, a, what like do you a, mean by that's that? That's like a technical thing. I, or is that like a slow is fast, fast is slow? No, it's like uh, Adam was describing it to me when we were doing a track day with the Subarus, and that's mm-hmm. why he's like, I, I, I wish the Subarus would slide a little more because we'd actually get a little more grip. You, mm-hmm. But it's like not when you're like s- totally like crossed over, yeah. but like just 5% like slip gets uh-huh. you more oh grip because the there's a certain amount of energy yeah put into a tire and sometimes you're asking the tire to do too many things at the same time yeah. so if you're asking a tire to stop go or turn at the same time you're it's gonna it, do all poorly yeah it's the defeating whatever what there's yeah. a percent there's it's out of a hundred so yeah if you can eliminate one of the things that it has to do yeah then you have more yeah, so, if you're if you like slip enough that your tires can kind of move freely, you can point them in the direction you want to go, and it probably gives you more control. Well, no, it's like it's it's very hard to explain. Yeah, I don't really understand it. But Tatsio understood this about his tires and was able to exploit it better than anyone else because he was the only one doing it yeah <laughs> and that's um, how he won after those five capiachanos my <laughs> rear end is really sliding around <laughs> <laughs> that entire time we were talking about that i was waiting to say that <laughs> <laughs> oh also to get back off the script and onto another tangent uh motorcycle riders yeah uh can are good at racing yes because yes. they're outside like jeremiah is Sometimes faster than Adam because he rides motorcycles and the way that they're able to look at a track is just like Mm -hmm. different. Yeah. Yeah. Jerry's very fast. Have you seen like old, uh, Jeremiah's at the track right now. Mm -hmm. Dirt track racing on motorcycles Mm -hmm. when they're constantly, Oh yeah. Flat track racing. Yeah. Yeah. It's insane. It's so cool. Takahashi Kunimitsu was another motorcycle racer turned auto racing champion and the first Japanese rider to win a world Grand Prix. But an accident in 1962 led him to switch to four wheel racing, a move that led to a class win at Le Mans for all Japan sports prototype championships, as well as wins in Japanese top formula, JTC and JGTC during a career that saw him competing until he was nearly 60 years old before finally calling it quits in 1999. Wow. Wow. Imagine the advancement over the course of your life. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. The different yeah. in race cars that you drive? That's crazy. Do you think he likes electric nannies? <laughs> <laughs> Probably. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> uh, do you think Jimmy Hilton knows who he is? Oh, Oh, (laughs) Jimmy is our PA and he's a huge like JGTC Mm -hmm. fan. Probably owns one of his cars. (laughs) (laughs) But over that nearly 40 year career, it was Takahashi's time behind the wheel of one car that would change automotive history forever. The Nissan Skyline Jitter. (laughs) Get her done. (laughs) AKA the Skyline Get her done. During the 70s, he and two other drivers, Moto Katano and Motoharo Kurosawa, were so successful in their GTRs that they became known as the Opama Works Miragasu. They have the, the best names for guys that race. Their yeah. names are Moto. So yeah. uh, hey, I'm Moto, and this is my f- friend Moto Haro. <laughs> <laughs> oh, cool. Moto Haru, how are you, dude? <laughs> 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 Opama was Nissan's uh, race car factory at the time, and Miragurusu means the three crows. Whoa. A concept in Japanese culture that's akin to the three musketeers. Bro, I thought the crow was the coolest thing you could be. <laughs> Shasta Brandon Lee. Uh, but, dude, we could be the three crows. Yeah. Hey, what's up? It's the three crows coming back at you. What's cooler than one crow? Three crows. Yeah. 
They were unstoppable, and the trio led the GTR to dominate Touring Car Series after Touring Car Series, with Takashi himself piloting the Hakusuka GTR to its 50th victory in three years at the 1972 Fuji Grand Champion 300-kilometer race, cementing the car's place in automotive history. Pretty sure we mentioned the race in like multiple episodes mm -hmm. of Up to Speed over the years. Yeah, if yeah. you guys don't know already, we do have a YouTube channel, and we upload videos all the time, and we talk about stuff like this there sometimes too <laughs> but it was the way takahashi drove the gtr that caught people's attention sliding through turns with no traction at any of the wheels yet still remaining in total control most importantly perhaps he caught the attention of then 16 year old kaichi tsuchiya the future drift king then just a drift prince <laughs> <laughs> At this point in our story, uh, Kiichi already knew that he could drive, but he was running into roadblocks. And the biggest of them, uh, often, you know, very common in racing, was money. Mm -hmm. uh, if you've listened to almost any episode of Past Gas, you know that racing costs money. Basically, you need to be like your dad's best friend. And your dad needs to be rich <laughs> mm -hmm. or else you can't. That's why none of them have personalities. Um, so racing costs money, but street racing is significantly cheaper, especially considering that at the time there were laws in Japan that prevented people from modifying their cars. So even if a driver wanted to customize their car with like wheels, uh, they had to match the spec of stock stuff that still exists in a lot of parts, most parts of the world. Uh, People talk about California being like really strict, but like in most places in Europe or Australia yeah, or yeah. all the places that we think are like cool car places yeah. are like pretty bad. Yeah. yeah like too restrictive. Yeah. If we think California is tough, like every spoiler has to be approved by like the government. Yeah. <laughs> I'll <laughs> with the government. <laughs> so theoretically, this meant that all a driver needed to go street racing was a car. But in reality, people broke these laws quite a bit. Um, if you're listening to the show, you know that. Which meant the car culture in Japan remained largely underground, a place that Tsuchiya-san seemed most at home. Because he had claws, claws for hands. <laughs> <laughs> He's a mole. And his nose was very sensitive. <laughs> <laughs> Post-war Bosozoku groups of the 50s and 60s concentrated mainly on appearance modifications, but the Hashiriya, the street racers Tsuchiya-san ran with, were more concerned with a little thing that we like to call performance, baby. <laughs> uh, at the time, different groups got different names depending on where they liked to race. Roulette Zoku took on the circular expressways of big cities. That's dude, That's a really cool funny. name. Hell yeah, dude. Drift Zoku hit bay areas and public roads while Zero Yan Zoku focused on drag racing on straight roads. But the rolling Zoku battled on the Tuge. Narrow, winding mountain passes where ultimate speed didn't make as much of a difference. This is where Suchia's son would make his mark. Mount Akia. Dude, what great branding. Yeah, that yeah. Cool. Like that is insane. And I bet nobody's made any money off of any of that. <laughs> <laughs> which which ones would you guys be in? Dude, roulette. I don't know about the style of racing, but roulette zoku. That's like sounds so It sick. sounds super yeah. cool. It sounds like the name of a mech, you know. Mm -hmm. All these sound like big Zero Zero Yon Zoku. Yeah. yeah. Like I would watch that show. Yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. I I like that name the best cuz I like alliteration. They're like mechs uh -huh. that turn into race cars. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. And the main character's a nerd, but all the chicks like him for some reason. No, I'm done. I'm <laughs> done. I'm done. Uh, I'm done making nerds heroes. That's like I'm half done of, making nerds heroes. That's like half Everything's of anime. Bad dude. that's happened. That's for, half of those shows. The, yeah. Every I know. Yeah. I know. But everything bad that's happened in America and abroad since 2016 <laughs> is because. We're obsessed with making a nerd a hero. Yeah. So every f nerd thinks he's a hero. You want to be a hero? Be a strong, hot guy with a cool yeah. job. Be a Chad. <laughs> we're all about empowering nerds. No, we're not. I'm about empowering nerds. No, you're not. Yeah. Wink Wink Nation is full of nerds. And we are powerful. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> we can talk about a uh, wink chan. <laughs> <laughs> Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because you know if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. We'll be right back with more of this story, but first, a word from our sponsors. When you think of automotive legends, no one fits the bill quite like Keiichi Tsuchiya. We talk a lot about icons on this podcast, but how many of them can say that they have a manga or anime protagonist named after them? How many of them have worked as a stunt coordinator for the Fast and the Furious or have a bit part in Tokyo Drift? How many can say that they're so intrinsically tied to one car they helped develop its update? And how many can say they gave birth to a whole new style of motorsport? Suchiya-san can. Who can make a drift from a rainbow? <laughs> Suchiya-san can. <laughs> Who can take a car and slide it around? Suchiya-san can. <laughs> Suchiya-san was born on January 30th, 1956 in Tomi, Nagano, Japan. Although he's known the world over, the Drift King is a fairly private person, perhaps due to his roots as an illegal street racer battling on the Tuge. The word Tuge means pass in Japanese and refers primarily to the mountain passes on which Tuge racing takes place. Very kind of circular sentence there. That kind of de-romanticizes the term a little yeah. bit. Yeah. <laughs> today, yeah. It's like, oh, dude. Yeah, we're, like, we're always the, like, yeah. want to go on like a two-gay run? The yeah, two-gay. Like the two-gay. And it's like, it's you like, want to go on the road? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's like when I found out Glendale just means valley, valley. Glen and Dale <laughs> are both just words for valley. Yeah, and also like kind of like Names for dudes that are kind of drips. Two-gate racing is often done in a rally format with many cars following one after another, not racing side by side. Traditionally, though, two-gate took the form of cat and mouse, or chase rules. This is when two cars follow closely as the lead car attempts to break away and the chase car attempts to overtake or at the very least stick with the lead car. If you gap the chase, you win. If you overtake or stick with the lead, you win. Then you switch. If there's a tie after two heats, a sudden death match determines the winner. Obviously, this is street racing, so the rules were never really official or even consistent, but one thing was always important. Skill. High horsepower and top speed were nowhere near as important as skill. The tight turns of the two-gate courses meant cars never got a chance to build up much speed, but the ability to speed through corners as well as toss your car sideways so your opponent didn't have the opportunity to pass was crucial. And this is where Tsuchiya-san shined brightest. And as Kaichi himself said, quote, Speed isn't everything. You got to look cool on the two games. Yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah, dude. In fact, he was so good, so flashy, that he developed a cult following that led to a career in motorsport, starting with the Fuji Freshman Series in 1977, just five years after watching his idol pilot the GTR to his 50th win in 1972. He was only 21 years old. Wow. Dude, even the Fuji Freshman Series? Yeah. That sounds, sounds so sick. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I want like a Letterman jacket with that on it. Yeah, Fuji Freshman. I could not pull it off. No. No. Um. <laughs> <laughs> but, let's, like, so it looks great. I think that's, like, it's it's one of the only motorsports where, like, you know, it's like the dis dressage of yes. motorsport where, like, style really counts. Mm -hmm. Sliding around a corner is not the fastest way to get around a corner. But sometimes it is. Some, like, sometimes, depending on the surface. Depending on how f hard you slide. Yeah. Like, but you don't see, like, 
Formula One cars sliding. No. Normally, they're not supposed to be sliding. But in like rally, if you're yeah. going around a hairpin or something. Formula One cars aren't cars. That's true. Uh, but even like GT3 racing and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Uh, but in like rally racing on dirt and stuff, the best way is to slide that yes. car around. Because uh, mm-hmm. one, braking takes too long. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's yeah. faster. But and, on, on a track, on a racetrack, you mm-hmm. want to avoid sliding. Because grip is better. Yes. That, you know, it's like the exception to the rule that proves the rule, right? There are situations where a little bit of slide's good, but yes. I, I definitely prefer, like, tighter, more technical tracks. Like I said earlier, becoming, like, bravery becoming part of my job. There's some <laughs> tracks, like, uh, streets of Willow Springs, and especially, like, Big Willow, mm-hmm. that you have, you go so fast. Yeah. Like, you're at, like, 110, 120 at some points and i'd much rather focus on like sonoma you don't sonoma ever... was surprisingly tame yeah yeah compared to willow compared to willow because willow's insane yeah Willow's at, scary <laughs> at big willow yeah but streets of willow even uh, one corner going over a hill you hit it like a, at a hundred and then you're going into a downhill braking yeah. zone yeah. it's fun but very scary yeah. sonoma I think the top speed we reached was honestly like 90 mm-hmm. or 95. Yeah. Yeah. In that layout. In that layout, yes. The legend of Tsuchiya-san and his connection to the AE86 sprinter Truino has grown so far out of proportion that it's hard to separate fact from fiction anymore. When most people think of uh, Kaichi Tsuchiya, they picture him drifting up and down those two gay courses in his famous AE86, building up his reputation until he garnered enough notoriety to draw the attention of professional racing teams. If it sounds familiar, that's the plot of Initial D, and that was based on him. But as we stated, uh, Kaichi's racing career began in 1977, a full six years before the 86 would be introduced. As noted by Tsuchiya himself, his first car was actually a KPGC 110 Skyline, the second-gen two-door version of the GTR. The GTR was released in 1973, but was almost immediately retired due to the oil crisis. Uh, DonutMedia.com. Get yourself an oil crisis shirt. As connected as the GTR is with Nissan today, many are shocked to find that the car actually debuted under another marquee. The Prince Motor Company. Prince didn't make a GTR. They made a Skyline. As connected as the Skyline is to Nissan today, uh, many are shocked to find out that the car actually debuted under another marquee. The Prince Motor Company. Prince started out as the Tachikawa Aircraft Company back in 1924, and after a slew of name changes and mergers, it eventually merged with Nissan in 1966, bringing with it the performance sedan that would eventually come to be named, with Tsuchiya-san's help, Godzilla. But uh, his most noteworthy accomplishments with the GTR didn't come until the 90s, when his idol, Kunimitsu Takahashi called upon Tsuchiyo-san to join his new racing team, Team Kunimitsu. As fans of Japanese racing and uh, Japanese cars know, the Skyline was retired in 1973, just as its second generation debuted. Only 197 of these were produced, and Tsuchiyo-san was one of the lucky few to own one. But in 1989, Nissan revived the GTR with the R32 chassis with the explicit aim of dominating the Group A class. And when Takahashi formed Team Kunimitsu, Tsuchiya-san was on his shortlist of drivers to invite. The R32 GTR would go on to win every single race in the Japanese Touring Car Championship between 1990 and 1993. That's sick. You imagine how good you feel? That's like going undefeated for high school. Yeah, you're like, yeah, we nailed it. Yeah, oh, we won again. Yeah. So sick. <laughs> uh, those Tsuchiya-san wouldn't join the team until 1992. At the end of the 93 season, Takahashi and Tsuchiya would go on to form their own race team and two years later won the GT2 class at the 1995 24 Hours of Le Mans in a Honda NSX GT2. Sick. What's the difference between... Like GT2 and GT3, GT4. GT lower is more extreme. Oh, so the lower the number, the more extreme. It's like golf. Like F1 is the number one, F2 and F3. Oh, yeah. Usually it's like GT3 cars. I mean, 
it usually like power restrictions is kind of the thing. Yeah. Because uh, usually, at least now, it's very hard to remember what the IMSA classes are called, but they have like a, a GT3 equivalent and then one above that. Yeah. And they're actually the same chassis and everything. But, but less that, power restriction. Less power. That's right. That's uh, cool. Yeah. And then GT4 is like uh, a lot less power. Over the course of his career, Tsuchiya's son would drive many iconic cars. He drove a Sierra Cosworth to Japanese Touring Car Championships, a Honda Civic in Super Touring Car Championships, and in 1999, he piloted a Toyota GT1 to another Lamal class win, complete with a second place overall and naturally the fastest lap. But with a list of cars like that, it was a seemingly boring car that stayed tied to the Tsuchiya son legend forever. The Toyota AE86 Sprinter Truino. Does that mean lightning or thunder? Thunder. Thunder. And then Levin is lightning. lightning. And the thunder. <laughs> uh, Donuts founder and my uh, biggest mentor in my life, Matt Levin. It was like, oh, one day I was like, oh my God. Yeah. Your last name means lightning. <laughs> and we literally have shirts that say lightning, lightning, lightning on them. I'm like, wow, dude, that universe. Yeah. The universe is crazy, dude. The universe is telling me. We're all, did you even know that we're just made of stardust, dude? <laughs> <laughs> you are the universe experiencing itself, bro. Bro, like we are made out of, we are made out of particles that were, were in the big bang, dude. You know what would be the most, <laughs> the most disappointing thing about meeting aliens is they probably don't have a sense of humor or it's like way different, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they're like <laughs> bad traffic at Crablar Nine. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> the same sense of humor with, that, with different specific. <laughs> and we're like, we don't, we don't. I don't know what means. Crablar Nine. Yeah. But, oh well, there's really bad traffic here. <laughs> it's space though. And then, and then to each other, like to help each other figure yeah. it, like out what they're saying. We're like, oh, it's probably like the 101, 110 energy. Yeah, and they're like, like what? Yeah. yeah. No, it's Crablar 9. They're like, anyways, so anyways, we're hungry. You guys are dumb. <laughs> Do you know where Dane Cook is? <laughs> They're like, no. That guy's funny. Yeah, yeah that guy's funny. When he funny, humps the dude. stool? <laughs> <laughs> That's, we can relate to that. We got a lot of stools <laughs> on our planet. <laughs> Do you know where he is? Like, no. He's like, oh, you don't know him? We're like, nah. He's like, shh. Why are we even here? <laughs> like, we don't know. <laughs> we were excited, but you guys honestly are kind of rude. We Why feel- did we sit in all that traffic around Crablar 9 just so we couldn't meet Dane Cook? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> he just got married. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, we think like, it's really cool how young his wife is. The what? only <laughs> website they get is like e-news. <laughs> yeah, they only get e-news. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we're talking about, talking about uh, drifting. <laughs> back in 1984, Tsuchiya's son won six races in his A86 back to back and was so dominant that the organizers told him to let someone else win for a change. By the time he won an All Japan Touring Car Championship in 1985, there was no man more closely tied to the Truno than Tsuchiya san. His Hachiroku, which is Japanese for 8-6, became known as the little Hachi that could. <laughs> because it always did. <laughs> 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 the fact that it wasn't a supercar didn't matter to the fans because the way he drove it was more exciting, more engaging than anyone else on the track. It also didn't hurt Tsuchiya-san's reputation that while he was racking up them wins in professional circles... He was still racing illegally on the street. In fact, I can't get enough. This guy doesn't take time off, man. No, man. Uh, It's like, even though we're like podcast hosts and we host videos and stuff, we still do street hosting. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Illegal street hosting. Illegal street street hosting. Are you hosting? The (laughs) cop comes over, shines a flashlight in your face. No, I'm just, uh, my foot slipped. Lawyer. I say lawyer. Yeah. Yeah, I slip in my ID through the window crack and say lawyer. And that's lawyer. Lawyer. Yeah. Zip it back up. Talk to my producer. Zip up windows on my car. <laughs> 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 this episode is brought to you by Miguel Lou's <laughs> zip-up windows. 
Magellaluz <laughs> since 1824. <laughs> Suchia's son's dedication to street racing almost ended his professional career, and it wasn't because he was getting caught. Actually, as he famously said himself, people make mistakes when their heartbeat rises. Whoa. Whoa. It sounds like a Fallout Boy song. <laughs> <laughs> when the police chased me, mine didn't rise at all. So I could get away. That's, That's badass. Dude. That's sick as hell. I don't like <laughs> race car guys have the coolest quotes. Yep. <laughs> People make mistakes when their heartbeat rises. <laughs> no, his racing career was almost cut short thanks to his participation in a series of drifting documentary films made in 1987, Doriken Tsuchiya Kaichi, The Tuge, and Sendai Nonishi. Send it, Nonishi. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I mean, send, send it. it. Send it. Send it, Nonishi. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get back to more past gas, but right now, a word from our sponsors. When Tsuchiya-san first drifted through a pro race through the longest corner of the Fuji Speedway in the rain, fans gave him the title of the Drift King. But organizers wanted to suspend his license and not just because of the legendary move. They also didn't like his participation in a little illegal drifting documentary called The Tugay by Plusby. Though the film is often referred to as just Plusby, that's actually the film's production company. The real name, The Tugay, speaks directly to Sachiya-san's beginnings in the racing world. That's so I did, funny. I did not know that. We all think it's called Plusby because of the title card. Yeah. <laughs> that's like thinking that uh, uh, like Robocop is called... New line. Yeah, Jurassic Park <laughs> is universal. Yeah. I love the Universal franchise. Yeah, man. I love A24. <laughs> it's my yeah. favorite movie. This series of films, produced by Plusby in 1987 and financed by tuning shops and magazines, introduced drifting to the world at large. The three short films showcase Tsuchiya-san tackling two gay roads of Yusui, Tsuchiya-san's home course, Gotemba and the Highland Circuit, this time in Tsuchiya-san's very own AE86. Perhaps more impressively, the video shows Tsuchiya-san tackling these road courses during the day, giving a completely unvarnished look at his approach and skill, complete with overcorrections and spinouts. They show the bloops. They show the bloops. Including the bloops. Uh, this series of videos was a huge influence on Judd Apatow. You include <laughs> the bloops. Yeah. Did you ever see these tapes when uh, growing up? Mm -mm. No. Okay. I only I only learned about these videos like sort of as an adult. Gotcha. Um, okay. But by the time I liked cars, you could like order like option right. videos. Okay. So yeah. he was already like he was already like way big. The dude. That. Yeah. The dude. Yeah. Um. Like the green jumpsuit that you mentioned at the top. Like that's the first time. That's it. Okay. <laughs> all right. So all these tapes. Uh, were very illegal to produce, uh, and they were immediately removed from stores, and Suchia-san's racing license was even suspended for a time. Oh, they man. didn't get the permits. That's all they needed. It's like 600 bucks. <laughs> That's a lot. But the damage had already been done. Everyone was talking Tuge and wanted a taste of that sweet downhill speed. While Tuge groups already existed around Japan, the short life of the Tuge tapes was enough to inspire a whole new group of ne'er-do-wells, willing to risk life and license to emulate their new hero, Tsuchiya-san. And while finding original copies of these tapes is quite difficult, they're freely available on YouTube, the first appearing just a few short years after the platform debuted. Well, you know it's freely available on YouTube as well? Dane Cook. Dane, Dane Cook's. Uh, vicious Circle. <laughs> Despite the censorship attempts, those who own the tapes were eager to share them with the world again as soon as the opportunity presented itself. Yeah, because you're going to get those views, baby. Got to get them views. Got to hit the algo. <laughs> Got to get them CPMs. That CPM money. Stands for clicks per money. <laughs> <laughs> but perhaps more important than the driving itself was what was at the heart of the tapes. A little girl that climbs out of your TV and kills you. <laughs> <laughs> In the tapes, we hear Tsuchiya-san, a notoriously private person, discuss his thoughts, dreams, and ambitions, as well as little nuggets of wit and wisdom like, I like, I, I, I drift not because it is the quicker way around a corner, 
but it is the most exciting way. <laughs> and, you know, yeah, we did get to see the the introspections like that, but also the drifting's pretty sick, and I think that's probably why. Yeah, it looks very, very cool. We also see a brief history of his career. Here is opinions on street racing, and though it's accompanied by what can only be described as music you'd find in a 90s corporate training <laughs> video, the effect can't be denied. It's true, the music is, the music in, is interesting. interesting. As hard as the authorities tried to suppress them, two undeniable results came from the tape's short release. Tsuchiya-san was officially a legend, and a whole new generation of gearheads wanted to drift. Dude, yeah. like this is one of the most influential tapes ever since my sex tape got released. Nice. Yeah. You and Ray J? <laughs> <laughs> Me and Nick Cannon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great business decision though Hey man I sell a lot of nail polish <laughs> <laughs> No longer the sole arena of the illegal underground scene Drifting had come to the masses A year before the Plus B videos were released Carboy Magazine held its first amateur drift competition And in 1989 Shouts to Taylor Swift uh, Option <laughs> Magazine <laughs> <laughs> The now infamous <laughs> Ikaton event uh, in which Tsuchiya son was a judge. <laughs> Officially named Ikasu Hashiria Team Tengoku. Sorry. Okay. I don't speak Japanese. We're doing our best. Uh, roughly translated to Ikasu Racer Team Heaven. Again. So sick. sick. Put that on a shirt. I would wear it. You know? Yeah, man. Somebody out there who has a shirt. Business make it. Mr. Haynes. Mr. Haynes. <laughs> Mr. Uh, paging Mr. Abercrombie and Mr. Fitch. It was a very much run what you brung event at its start with no real rules, uh, consistent judges, or structured scoring. Sounds a lot like drifting. <laughs> Uh, there was scoring, but it came in the form of sea creatures. <laughs> what? Uh, an inside joke based on Ika translation to squid in Japan. Scoring <laughs> went something like this. Okay, so jellyfish, a driver gets this for simply completing the course. Mm -hmm. Great. Nice. Congratulations. I don't always do that. Uh, sea urchin, a driver's attempted drift only breaks traction for a brief moment or spins. It's, that's like the participation award. Uh-huh. Squid, a driver drifts from entry to the clipping point or from clipping point to exit. Octopus, a driver gets a peach-colored octopus if they can sustain a drift through the entire judge section. Cool. Or, guys, what you're really shooting for yeah. is a silver octopus. Ooh, oh, okay. okay. That's when uh, the driver gets this for a smooth and clean drift through the entire judge course That's section. Cool. That is a That's perfect great. score. Silver so, Silver Octopus sounds like a Metal Gear Solid character. Would it? Would, <laughs> are they talking about judged? <laughs> that is really good. Like the the silence or whatever. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Silent Snake. Silver uh, Octopus. The judged section is that the entire course, or just a turn that the judges are at? I think it's the entire course. Probably, uh, okay. That's what I would guess. That's hard to link a whole course. I not mean, for us, this, yeah. dude. No, I mean, it, considering the first award is well, breaking traction. Well, a course isn't an entire racetrack. It's the course. Like just like the... Couple. Yeah, I know. Everybody links that. No, I know. Nowadays... It's a silver octopus. But thing. I'm saying... That <laughs> if everyone could do it, then everyone would have a silver octopus. And then having... So, like, who would want a silver octopus? You know what I mean? I'm saying... I'm saying this, this early on that they're having giving an award for breaking traction... Dude, you're talking like a real sea urchin right now. <laughs> <laughs> you need also, to, dude, you need to get that silver octopus mentality back, dude. Oh, yeah, dude. Yeah. Dude. No more alphas, no more sigmas. Yeah. yeah. 2023, silver octopus yeah, mindset. You're either a jellyfish or a silver octopus, bro. Yeah. No in between? Oh, well, yeah, Look, there's a lot Joe, of this. in this there's world, there's only silver octopus <laughs> and <laughs> urchins, and you don't want to be an urchin. But dude, you're a silver <laughs> octopus. Yeah. Don't forget it. Though the scoring system is fun and silly, much like this podcast, <laughs> Tsuchiya-san took to it and continued the joke when he launched his own line of tuning parts. The squid and octopus were early mascots of his business. But the big thing that would come out of Ikaton was the group drift contests. Teams of five drifting together around the track. Uh, it's the coolest looking. It's so cool. Yeah. 
five. Yeah, I wish there was like a an element of FD where like the team, like there was like a team element. So like you competed mm. individually, but then like as your team. Yeah, yeah, that'd be cool. That'd be cool. The closer and more synchronized that the drivers could keep their cars, the higher their scores. When it started, the teams were a mismatch of whatever cars people brought to the track. But as the event's popularity increased, teams started matching paint or even cars, which treated audiences to a procession of five identical drift machines dancing through turns with harmonious precision. It's this so awesome, especially when it's different models of cars but have mm -hmm. the same. Yeah. Right. Like uh, at Grid Life, uh, Falcon still runs mm -hmm. all the scalloped livery cars, yeah. and there's like Mustangs uh, and S15s. Yeah. And, uh, the RX-7. I love, it. I love like, it so much. All together. Yeah. It's so, so cool. sick. This is just a horse girl uh, <laughs> dressage for guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah, dressage for guys. <laughs> guys can do dressage too. <laughs> and girls can drive cars too. <laughs> yeah. After, after the release of the two gay tapes, hundreds of amateur drift competitions began springing up all over the world during the 90s, propelled by another cultural milestone that would help codify Tsuchiya's son's legend forever, a little manga titled Initial D. Uh, for those not familiar, uh, <laughs> Initial D is a Japanese street racing manga series written and illustrated by Shuichi Shigeno and serialized in Weekly Young Magazine <laughs> from 1995 to 2013. It's been adapted into several anime and live action versions and with over 55 million copies printed, it's one of the best-selling mangas in history. The story centers around Takumi Fujiwara, who delivers tofu for his father's store before sunrise every morning in his family's AE86, effectively doing his own two-gay course across a mountain in the Kanto region. Tsuchiya's son was brought on as an editorial supervisor thanks to his close ties to the AE86 and the fact that many believe Tsuchiya's son inspired the character of Takumi thanks to his close ties to the AE86 and the fact that many believe that Tsuchiya's son inspired the character of Takumi. Um, it's, it's pretty undeniable. Yeah. Takumi. <laughs> yeah, Takume. When it came time to make an anime adaptation, Tsuchiya's son made his personal A86 available to make sure that the vehicle in the show sounded authentic. <laughs> that's, uh, cool. that's cool. Mm -hmm. I mean, the cars are so cool in it, and the way they're animated mm -hmm. just looks great, even now. Can I make an uh, uh, admission here on the podcast? Uh, yeah, this is a safe space. No, it's not. I don't really, I, I couldn't really get into the show. It's very, it's very melodramatic. I'm sorry. I've watched like the first like season, but after that, it's like it's good. It's like uh, at least the first season, but most of Initial D is just explaining the dynamics of uh -huh. a certain setup of a car, which yeah. I like. That's it's cool. like it's Takume learning along with the audience. It's like, oh, how do you do that? It's like, well, he has a front engine, front wheel drive yeah. car, and here's how front engine, front wheel drive cars drive, and oh, he has a re a front engine, rear wheel drive car with a lot of power. Here's why he drives like this. You have a front engine rear wheel drive car with not a lot of power, yeah. so here's how you should drive. Oh, how did that guy do that? Well, his car's got all wheel drive <laughs> and a turbo. Yeah. It's like wow, it's cool. And initial D is uh, the reason we did up to speed. Mm -hmm. It's basically just like here's how this works. Now you know, and here's some jokes around it. Yeah, basically I'm not saying it's bad. It's just guy. like I, I, I guess, I'm not really an anime person. I guess is the problem. Would you say yeah. the audience guy? Well, the Wink Chan thread <laughs> Wink on this Chan is has a very active anime community, yeah. Yeah, don't go on it. Yeah. <laughs> don't go on it. They don't like you. Yeah. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> yeah, they don't like you on Wink Chan. <laughs> <laughs> Some assumptions being made on yeah. that site. We like to swat people. <laughs> yeah, you're getting <laughs> on agree with. Since then, drifting has gone on to influence everything from uh, the Jim Connor series made by our buddies Hoonigan to the Fast and Furious franchise. Uh, Tsuchiya-san was a consultant and uh, has a tiny part as the fisherman in Tokyo Drift. Um, mm -hmm. I guess he was also in Mario Kart. He's not in Mario Kart. <laughs> Inspired. Oh. Inspired. Yeah, why did I say that? <laughs> he also influenced Mario Kart. <laughs> The m character of Mario is actually based on yeah. the character. Yeah, yeah. it's crazy. Mm -hmm. 
That's why Mario is always talking about <laughs> spicy tofu. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's why he smokes cigarettes all the time. <laughs> <laughs> the year after Initial D was first released in 1996, Option Magazine hosted one of the earliest recognized drift competitions outside of Japan at Willow Springs Raceway in California. It saw legends like Tsuchiya-san, NHRA drag racing veteran Kenji Okazaki and option founder Dajiro Inada passing judgment over drivers like drift and rally champion Reese Millen. Since then, competitions have sprung up on nearly every continent, and in the year 2000, Tsuchiya-san again brought the amateur world into the professional realm. The D1 Grand Prix, otherwise known as Professional Drift, was launched in 2000 after Tsuchiya-san and Dajira Inada, founder of Option and the Tokyo Auto Salon, spent years hosting amateur and professional drift events like those mentioned above. And of course, we can't finish this episode without mentioning our own drift series in the U.S., Formula Drift, one of the key uh, foundation blocks of this channel. Uh, I mean, I mean, er, in the early days, we worked with so many Formula Drift drivers. We've been to a ton of events. I love going to FD Irwindale and Long Beach. If you can make it to Long Beach, treat yourself. I'm gonna try and go to English Town this year. That'd be sick too. Yeah, yeah that looks like a because really Matt lives fun in, in uh yeah around there, and yeah, that's like English Town is some might say the motherland of U.S. drifting. Mm-hmm. A lot of the, the guys that participate in fd right now and historically are from like that area and that's like the track that yeah it all happened so get out to a fd event support donut driver adam kanapik driving in prospect uh, with the donut media car uh yeah what started out in japan has spread all over the world into a truly global professional motorsport bringing drifting full circle And perhaps that's the most interesting thing about the story of drifting. Despite what most people believe, drifting didn't start on the street and then graduate to motorsport. It started as a move on the track, bled out into the street racing scene, and then became so popular that it created its own motorsport. As for Tsuchiya-san, he started out as an illegal street racer and ended up with a class win at Le Mans. I mean, that's the dream. That's the dream. That's the dream. Wow. Dude, that's some silver octopus shit. <laughs> that's like how Dane Cook started doing illegal comedy on the street. <laughs> and, then, and then he was selling out arenas. Yeah, dude, he played Madison Square Garden. He did. And then nothing bad happened. He's still <laughs> popular. <laughs> All right, we got some fan mail this week. This is from Scott down in Melbourne. Dude, that's Australia. your dad's name. That's, that's my dad's name. Dude, what's yeah. your dad doing in Melbourne? Chilling. I rock with Scott's all around <laughs> the world, dude. If your name's Scott, <laughs> hell yeah. Hell yeah, dude. All right, Scott says, hey, guys, in uh, you said in a recent episode this is not a metal podcast, but it can be. There's so many car-related songs in heavy metal. There's Big Truck by Coal Chamber. Have you guys heard that one? Big Truck. It literally just says Big, Big truck. truck. It's fun. It's a fun song. Uh, Fuel by Metallica, of yeah, course. I know that Classic. One. Mm-hmm. Under My Wheels by Alice Cooper. Dragula by Rob Dragula, Zombie. yes. Yeah. Uh, anyway, and we can't go past Pantera being named after Dimebag's car, the De Tomaso Pantera. R.I.P. R.I.P., man. Uh, keep up the good work, and please, no bad Aussie accents. No, nah, we can't. We can't promise that. We can't. Mm. No. Well, I won't budge no on deal. that. Those are staying. Yeah. Scott from Melbourne. No deal, Scott. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thank you for your email, Scott. And if you'd like to get in touch with the show, hit us up at passgas at donutmedia.com. We'd love to hear from you. Thank you so much for listening to the show. Follow James at James Pumphrey. Follow Joe at Joe G. Weber. Follow me at Nolan J. Sykes. Big thank you to our producers this week. Again, Christina Felsky and Gavin Kinzel and our writer, Mike Perkins. Mike Perkins. This episode comes out on January 9th at 3 p.m. I will be doing an AMA on Wink Chan. <laughs> I hope you guys join. Uh, Joe's going to be there, too. I'm a moderator. Oh, yeah, you mo- <laughs> you're the moderator. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, 
it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.